On this episode of the Aka Education Podcast, Justin talks beatboxing with Megan MC Beats Costa, Lizzie Ultrasonic Newell, and Mel Danicky. The extremely talented trio talk about their beatbox beginnings and offer tips and advice for all levels of beatboxing and vocal percussion enthusiasts. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education. It's the Aka Education Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Justin Glodish and welcome to episode 16 of the Aka Education Podcast. I have a very special treat today. I have three of the most successful, amazing female beatboxers out there. I have Megan MC Beats Costa. I have Lizzie Ultrasonic Newell. And I have Mel Danicky. And they are here to talk about beatboxing and how to get started and how to just be awesome at it. All right. So welcome to the Aka Education Podcast, ladies. Thank you so Hello. much, Justin. Thank you for having me here. I wanted to start with, uh, I want to start with MC Beats, uh, with Megan. Um, you are, you know, you've been to the semifinals of beatboxing world championships. Uh, you've judged national beatboxing championships. You're part of Stiletta, who is one of the most amazing female acapella groups I've ever heard. Thank you. Um, how, <laughs> how did you get started with beatboxing and vocal percussion? Sure. It's it's a really pretty funny story to me. I was on uh, Facebook one day and I saw someone post a YouTube video of um, a man named Beardy Man and he was beatboxing at a microphone in front of his face and he's like, you know, all kinds of like robotic sounds. And I was like, that's not real. It can't be. So I started like YouTubing it, beatboxing, not just Beardy Man. Um, and I saw people without the microphones and they're doing the same things, you know, and I was like, I don't care what it takes, how long it takes. I'm going to do that. Um, and literally since that day, that's 2009, I started practicing in my car, um, so that nobody could see me and, you know, making faces and practicing from something I had no idea how to even start what, you know, the first sound to do. Um, and then from there, I, I, two and a half years in, I ended up going to Germany and uh, competing in the world championships. Um, and then a little bit after that is when people started asking me to judge, uh, Judy, who's the director and, and founder of Stiletta, she asked me, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of creating this group, I have an idea, you know, would you like to be part of it? Um, and she actually helped, uh, allowed me to be part of um, watching the auditions and being part of that process to, to get the girls that we have. Um, and then since there, I've just been more so acapella after that, but still in the beatbox community and uh, competing with acapella. Nice. And Mel, you're actually, uh, you're from New Jersey, uh, went to Ithaca College, you know, you've been here, there, everywhere. You started your own business with Viridian Productions, um, but you're also a beatboxer with uh, with Muse. Can you uh, talk about how you got started? Yeah. So, um, um, well, I think my, I really, okay. Yeah, this is going great. So, um, <laughs> I really just take your time. I know, right? Like, who am I? So, um, I started playing drums in like in middle school and high school, and so that's kind of where like my love for percussion came in. 
Um, and I was on the drum line and, you know, I really like Latin percussion and like world percussion. So it's always just been like, and I was in the steel drum band at Ithaca. So it was always been a part of me. And then um, it, it, when I was in high school, uh, five o'clock shadow came in um, and they did the beatbox workshop during their concert. And I was like, whoa, yes. this is crazy. Um, but then after that, I was like, oh, that's cool, whatever. And then went to college and was in the acapella group and no one wanted to beatbox. Um, this one semester, they had no beatboxers. And I was like, well, I'll just do it. And then I kind of just picked it up from there and asked a lot of people about sounds and like, um, and yeah. And so mostly my experience was, and still is all in the acapella community. Um, so it's been, it's been cool. That's kind of how I learned was just through acapella. Nice. Now, Lizzie, um, you are the youngest person on here, you know, you're teenager and uh i mean the the sounds that i see you post on instagram like blow my mind it blows my mind you know so how did you get started i actually got started in a very similar way with mel um my mom aka mama sonic um she put a lot of acapella on my own ipod thinking oh my gosh you'll fall in love with all these beautiful harmonies like um, (laughs) like the music teacher and the classically trained pianist that she is Mm-hmm. Me, with being a percussionist, who actually I do play percussion in my band, and I do also sing in my choir, but that natural percussion in me is like, I want to learn how to do all those beatbox sounds because I want to learn how to do all of that. And from there, I got introduced to Sing Strong, an acapella festival, which is actually where I met uh, Megan, aka MC Beats. Mm-hmm. So from there, I started falling in love further. And from there, I went to the American Beatbox Championships, in 2017, back when I was 10, tell you, it was a little scary, but I fell in love with it. And now I've just been in the beatbox community and it's so amazing. It is, you know, it's the, the acapella community and just in general and the beatboxing community are very tight knit. And what I find fascinating is that both Lizzie and Mel said you were percussionists. Meg, were you a percussionist too? Or Cause I wasn't, I was like, I was a clarinet kid. So uh, beatboxing was very different for me than like having those percussion, that percussion background. No, I was actually, I was in chorus. I wouldn't say I was a great singer, um, but no, I was actually first flute. I played the flute, um, played piccolo. I was in marching bands, uh, pit orchestra, regular band. <laughs> so I was classically trained, um, but yeah, I went from classical to dubstep. <laughs> And then started doing hip hop and pop and stuff like that. The perfect transition ever. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's fascinating. Like it's so funny. We were both woodwind players, and this is where where we ended up being. And I love how yeah. you brought up Beardy Man because, like, my first my first thing that I saw was Razelle. So you know, okay. like it was yeah. the, you know, if your mother only knew it was like one of the first real like beatboxing videos that I had seen. And uh, same thing with Mel. For me, it was a necessity for the group I was in. We we needed someone to beatbox, and like a few of us stepped up, but we weren't really strong. So it was like this guy took this song here, this guy took this song there, you know? So um, some educators out there, I feel are very nervous about bringing um, beatboxing or vocal percussion into anything that they do because they're not well-versed in it. You know, I think, you know, some of the younger teachers that are coming into the woodwork today, they are, were maybe percussionists, but some of the older teachers uh, might not be very familiar with it. So do you, any of you have any tips on teaching maybe basic beats or basic rhythms to at least get them started? Um, I'll start with Mel. 
Yeah. Um, I actually uh, taught beginner vocal percussion at Camp Acapella in 2019. And that was really fun. Um, and uh, I think the the basics are always to start with, um, at least for me and like what's worked for me is starting with just the drum kit and emulating what I think a drum kit would sound like. Um, and there's basic sounds like, you know, you have your, your, you know, your B sound, your T and your K, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it's, you kind of work from there. And as long as you have those three, you can really make any sort of, you know, at least any sort of rock kit or hip hop kit. So. Okay. Uh, Lizzie, how about you? I know, I mean, you could teach all the teachers. So what would you say? Um, I say again, with starting with that basic, starting with that simple BTK, um, from what I've learned with working in my mom's classroom back when she was teaching K to five, always try to interact with the younger kids as they're actually less afraid of making the weird faces as I'm pretty sure we all know as beatboxers, we make some pretty weird faces. Mm-hmm. But as you start going to the older kids, they do tend to be a little more self-conscious, but trying to encourage them saying it's okay if it doesn't sound exactly how you imagine beatboxing to sound, Mm -hmm. but also the encouragement that many people don't seem to get when it comes to the beatboxing, it's okay to make weird faces. (laughs) It's literally a frowny face with a hole (laughs) in it. The lip roll is a frowny face with a hole in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I I no I'm not even gonna try it because it's just but I know that I would make I made silly faces all the time and I was okay with that but I also did this like I don't know about you but I used to do this running man thing when I beatbox it's like you know I would like run in place and people always thought I was going somewhere but I I wouldn't even pay attention I was just in my group running around like I'm doing this it got really weird uh yeah <laughs> <so>. <laughs> wait wait make some weird hand gestures yeah I mean if I don't have a microphone in my hand I have to do something I, I feel like Will Ferrell and, and what's it uh Talladega Nights I'm not sure what to do with my hands and uh I'm just kind of like looking goofy like even more goofy <laughs> than I should so um exactly. Megan how about you Sure. Um, besides what the uh, the other two had stated already, um, what I think is important is to also let people know that there's so many sounds that we do already um, that if you put it into a beat, it becomes music, right? Mm-hmm. And so like I'll hear my coworkers being on their computer and they're like, <laughs> like you could make that, you know, into a pattern to be beatboxing and people, you know, like the tea, people clean their teeth, they're like, that's a hi-hat, you know, and, and I tell people, um, you know, what, what do you do with babies when you try to tickle their stomach? Like, that's a bass, right? Mm-hmm. And all those things can be put into a pattern to make music. And so some people don't even realize they have a sound kit besides the B, the T, and the K. And they have other sounds that they do on a regular basis. And should they put it into a pattern, it becomes music. And so like, that's something interesting that people, um, I seem, feel like really grab to when we do um, workshops and lessons and stuff like that. And um, one of the main things you'll see on online and in, pe- and in person when people are teaching is the boots and cats, right? Yep. And um, the thing that's interesting with that is a lot of uh, words that have hard consonants, if you take out the vowels, it can be like beatboxing. Mm-hmm. So boots and cats, if you say chicken, turkey, you know, or boots. So there's, it's those kind of things that are helpful to teach people in general, adults and children 
that um, not all sounds have to be complicated or hard to do. Right. And I, the, I love the way that you kind of brought it up. You're really talking about, you know, think about the things that you do every day, you know, and I think as teachers, sometimes we kind of forget about that. Um, you know, for some of my colleagues who have taught vocal percussion, they focus on the rhythm, you know, and then they're actually like spelling out, you know, the rhythms. I saw this thing on TikTok the other day of um, um, verbal A's. Um, and he's got this like sick video out there of, um, you know, the no, 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 like that, that video that's him out there. But then he had this one video of index cards and he literally writes out what he intends to say. And it's, it's literally just nonsense syllables and consonants of his beatboxing. And then he just reads it and it comes out as this like glorious, glorious music, um, so there are a variety of ways to, to approach it uh, for the sound wise, but um, how, how valuable, I mean, this is kind of a loaded question, I think as the educator here. So how, how valuable is teaching rhythms and being specific with, with rhythms uh, to getting solid uh, vocal percussion or beatboxing? What do you think, Meg? I'll go back to you. Yeah, sure. Um, I haven't really written it out um, for beatboxing wise. For um, acapella, I have um, had it, you know, written out musically. Uh, actually, Judy is probably more so the role in that because she'll write it out a lot of times and put, she's, you know, insert your sounds into there. <laughs> um, but you make a good point with acapella, especially um, the rhythms are extremely important because your job is mostly to hold the beat um, and keep the rhythm and give it a genre of music. Um, and so it is important. I don't know that you necessarily have to write it down. Maybe for educators teaching people who aren't um, already familiar with music, it'd be very important. Mm -hmm. um, but someone who's already aware of what, you know, is the difference between hip hop and the difference between dubstep, it wouldn't be as important. But for your, yeah, the younger generations, I could see that being extremely helpful, having a visual visualization of it. Um, and also just teaching what is you know hip hop? What is the difference between that versus you know a, a Latin beat? You know there are structural differences to those, um, but it, my specialty would be writing it down for people when I teach, though. <laughs> right. Um, you bring up a great point. You know, I think you know when we mentioned beatboxing and then we mentioned vocal percussion. You know, I I, I was okay. kind of taught that there are two different things. Like beatboxing is more of this. Um, this genre in of itself where you are the instrument, you are the band, um, and then vocal percussion, you are that backbeat of a group. So um, if that makes sense. I kind of see it as that beatbox, well, vocal percussion tends to be more of the drum kit um, and is also, um, I feel that the the role is slightly different. You're not the star of the whole show, right? right. You you come out and in bursts where you're emphasized in certain parts, and you can you know add glitter in certain parts. But for the most part, you're the one keeping that beat, and that's your main role. Right. So I feel like the roles are different, and more now the vocal percussionists have been adding more sounds to their sound kit. But traditionally, it was the drum kit that was mainly being you know um, vocalized. Right. And um, Mel, you actually, you're part of a few groups. Um, you know, you you are the percussionist for Musée, but you're also a part of Six Appeal. Um, do you do vocal percussion in there? Or is that, or like, I believe there's another vocal percussionist in the group. Do you bounce off of each other in a sense, or? One of the songs in our rep right now, uh, both Burko and I 
uh, do we jam together on full, uh, Led Zeppelin cover of Fool in the Rain. So we do that. It's really fun. Uh, and it's like Latin-y and like super cool. And then um, actually the video that's going to come out next, we're doing um, a Nightmare Before Christmas cover and I'm beatboxing on that. And Burko actually has the solo. So mm. we do like Burko's the main vocal percussionist or, be, you know, beatboxer for that, uh, for Six Peel. But um, uh, it's, a, you know, if Burko's singing a solo, it's typically like myself or Jordan um, that will take on that role. So it's not, it's nice to have that flexibility too. you know, like the group I was in, I was the only percussionist, but it's nice to have more than one person because you, each one of you might have a specific style that you're really strong on and you can totally like advance your repertoire that way too. For sure. Um, so, uh, uh, Lizzie for you, um, I know that you are a part of Acapop Kids, which uh, is awesome, by the way, uh, you know, Thank the you. Uh, the group itself. And I teach, I mean, I teach sixth graders. So I actually teach students that are around your age and they are in awe of the things that you and your group are able to do. So can you talk a little bit about um, your role with, with them, uh, with Acapop Kids and how that's going for you? Yeah, um, Acapop Kids is basically around 25 to 30 kids with some people aging out as it's primarily a kids, tweens, and young teens, some like mid-teens, but mostly just that age. Mm -hmm. um, because of that, they're like, okay. And depending on the song and the type, it might be me or it might be a couple new beatboxers that they've just introduced to the group. Mm -hmm. For breathing and kids, that was more of kind of like a style that I prefer of like that constant like driving the driving it forward in that thing while some of the other songs like High Hopes um, and Shallow that was more of Nolan's style where it's like like slightly more groovier while I'm more like a hard hitter so they interchange the beatboxers depending right. on the type of flow and actually how much they're willing, how much they're like trying to change. Yeah, that's that's actually similar to what we were just talking about with Mel. You, you can really diversify your repertoire with the different styles that you have. And with your um, beatboxing background too, you know, being a part of world championships at 10 years old, which is awesome. Um, you know, ha have you have you participated? I know that we we're in the middle of a pandemic right now, but have you, uh, have you found yourself really um, preparing for, another beatboxing championship uh coming up or is it just is it just school right now right now it's trying to balance um school and also trying to find enough time to beatbox especially since like while we were setting up i'm like yeah this is the where i'm actually doing this is where i right now do the entirety of all my virtual school lessons so it's like the i'm um, trying to balance both school um, and focusing on that, but also focusing on trying to make sure my or my beatboxing is at the best place I can be at the current level and trying to make it better, which is, mm -hmm. I would say, the constant struggle of beatboxing. It's like, it's good, but I want to make it better. Right. And I'm pretty sure Megan and Mel will agree with me on that. Of like, I want to make it better. I want to make it perfect i um i you know what you're preaching to the choir i'm i'm more of a i'm a perfectionist i see them nodding as well it's i think we all want to do to be the best versions of ourselves as possible in whatever we do so 
each one of you has been, you know, pretty accomplished. I'd say, you know, you, uh, Mel, you started your own, your business and Meg, you've been on television. You've, um, you know, you've won, you know, outstanding uh, beatboxer, vocal percussionist uh, at many festivals and, uh, you know, Stiletta's doing really well. Uh, Lizzie, you participated in World Beatbox Championships. You do Acapop Kids. So what are some things, especially for the listeners out there, what are some things that you attribute to your successes and how you've been able to maintain those successes? Um, we'll start with Mel. Oh, um, okay. So... I mean, I might get a little heady up in here, but um, I think something like, I I think it's really important to have a good support like team of like, just like friends and family and like people that are encouraging you along the way when you start to feel like, I don't know, like if you're questioning whether you're like good enough or like, you know, that because every artist and like beatboxer or like whoever you are, producer, like goes through that. So that's really important. and so I, I would say that's like a big part for me. And um, I think uh, like continuing to believe in yourself and your journey, no matter where you are, you know, even if it's, you know, like not, you know, we're the best, we're like the best that you can be in that moment, um, knowing that mm-hmm. uh, you trusted the journey and um, yeah. Um, and then always making again, like I'm just going like kind of broad, but like always uh, looking at the opportunities in the face of threats, like for this pandemic, for example, like trying to find the opportunities where, um, you know, and and create the opportunities for yourself. Um, And I think a lot of beatboxers are very like, they're go-getters and they create their own like brand and their own like identity. And um, that's just like already an amazing creative uh, strength. So um, I would say, I would say that for sure. I mean, those are, I, I ended up writing a bunch of things down, but I, I think those are the big ones. Absolutely. Uh, Megan, how about you? Well, definitely uh, practice makes perfect. So putting the time in um, and the energy for vocal percussion and beatboxing is extremely important, really with any instrument, um, even just vocals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so people who tend to put a lot into their craft will become more successful. Um, I think networking is important in music. Uh, if you want the gigs, if you want to, um, mm-hmm. to be around the best, you know, you can become the best. I'm sure Lizzie knows, um, Mel, you probably know too, by going to events too, not only are you networking, but, but you learn a lot. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. events are the key places to learn. That's how I've managed to get lip rolls, lip oscillations. Almost every single one of my sounds. Yep, I learned a lip, the lip roll too from a, from an event, not not from a tutorial. But speaking of tutorials, there's also those um, to help you progress too. There's a ton online, mm-hmm. um, and like my success, um, I would say for beatboxing was originally the practice, practice, practice got me there. Um, for acapella, that was really just being with a powerhouse group and having a director who I feel is brilliant. And um, she, you know, mm-hmm. had this vision and created something that was able to to be successful. And that Judy, yeah. yeah Judy, uh, <laughs> Judy is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> she is brilliant, you know. And, you know, I wanted to ask each of you a couple individual questions, basically because you all have different kind of career paths and um, you know you have different ways of managing your time and I think especially in a pandemic trying to manage our time uh, is very difficult you know Lizzie you're a student right now so I'm sure that 
being in school, you know, especially even in an online platform is it's very tedious to look at a screen for, you know, several hours a day. Um, Mel, Mel having her own business running in a couple of groups, um, Megan working as well, doing this, doing that, yes. you know, still singing. So um, I wanted to start with Mel. Can you just talk about how Viridian Productions got started? Um, because you know, not only do you beatbox, but you also are on the production side of things with uh, video production and things like that. So you talk about how that got started and um, what it's like to, uh, to juggle all of these things that you do. Yeah. So um, I started producing acapella um, straight out of college. And that was most like I got into Musee like the second I graduated, which was really cool. I auditioned into Musee. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I started producing acapella that spring and that summer. And then, you know, a few years of that under my belt went by and I was like, I want to start my own company with this. I want to continue to push it forward um, and push like, you know, acapella forward. And, you know, having vocal percussion uh, under my belt was really helpful in producing that and like knowing what I wanted. And as like a percussionist myself, like I can communicate with beatboxers pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. At least I feel like I can. And so, um, I, yeah, that's it, it. That's kind of how it started. It just like I was like, I want to do this, and I put the time and energy and effort and investment into it myself. And um, you know, it's it's been really great. And I started that in 2017. So, and I've been I was producing before that, obviously, but um, yeah, it's been great right. ever since. And so. You know, I'm in Musee and I'm the, you know, like now with Musee, I'm like DJing and my like beats, like I'll put my beats into a sampler and like, so I'm like beatboxing, but also like playing and DJing my stuff. Like it's, it's, it's this whole new like acapella electronic thing that I'm still working on and figuring out and adding more pieces of gear. And they're like, Mel, we can't add any more gear. And I'm like, yes, we can. (laughs) And so, um, you know, there's that. And then with six appeal and then I'm teaching voice lessons and then, you know, I'm teaching an elevate now, which is Viridian's new, like, uh, educational program for people and teachers and students to learn about acapella production with video and, and, and sampling and all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely really busy. I'm religiously connected to my iCal um, and I am usually working 12 to 15 hours a day, but it's stuff I enjoy and I love it. And I don't have as much. And, and here's the funny part is that like, I haven't practiced beatboxing or really like if anything related to vocal percussion in a really long time. And it's because I'm like, I've been in producer mode for the past year. And so like when I had to, when I had to record for six peel, I was like, Oh no, like it's been a minute. And so for me, like that's been kind of where my efforts have been, but, um, but you know, I'm also working on vocal percussion every day in the studio. So it's like, I feel it, it, it's, I'm just in this like different vocal percussion world at the moment, but yeah. That's, I, anyway, that's kind of how I'm managing my time, I guess. It's just a constant organ. It must be organized. Everything must be organized. No, the, the thing I love about it is like, if you're listening, you can hear the passion that like that, that was just a very passionate speech just about yes. everything that you do. <laughs> and like the energy like leveled, like, I think anyone who is a client of yours would probably say, you know, the, the energy that you bring to, to their product is just, is outstanding. Like it's, it's amazing what you're able to accomplish. And I love the idea of the elevate program. Um, and with all the video production that you do, because, you know, 
I mean, I'm sure you already know the ICCA and Varsity Vocals announced that everything was going to be, you know, videos this year. So I'm sure, you know, you've gotten a lot of people contacting you. Yep. You're nodding. So like, I'm sure it's just been, yeah. it's been very busy for you, which is, is fantastic. Um, now, Meg, you have been to Germany, to Canada, United States, competing in beatboxing world championships. So how has just participating and being a part of those events, as you say, um, how have they inf influenced your style and how they have helped you improve and grow? And how does it translate into your work um, that you do with your group? Sure. Um, well, definitely the going overseas to Germany, especially back then in 2012 and 2015, it was very heavily electronic. Um, mm -hmm which actually is, is a positive for me because even still to this day, even though electronica is not very popular in the US, it's still my favorite to beatbox um, because mm -hmm. it tends to use more of the sound effects. And that's what really drew and like blew my mind when I first discovered beatboxing. Um, but beatboxing did have its, I mean, overall in the whole world that had a trend of the electronica and now it's kind of been, um, it's not so much right now. The trend is really just musicality in general and creating your own music. Um, and so now you'll see a lot more people using lyrics in their beatboxing and mm -hmm. making sure that they sound very unique compared to the other beatboxers. And so that's really the trend now. And, and to me, that's just as beautiful because there's so much more originality than there ever was in beatboxing. Um, I did have a trend at one point I was making lyrics, uh, putting lyrics into my music too. Um, so you do follow the trends within beatboxing. Um, mm -hmm. But I still would say that my style is still heavily uh, electronic, very bassy. Um, and one of the reasons why I really liked bass too is because when I first entered the scene, almost no females had any kind of like throat bass. They had like the lip, lip like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was determined to, to prove that women can do everything that men can do type of thing. Um, and so I still make sure that that's in all my beats is various different types of bases, just because we're competing with co-ed groups, we're competing with male groups. And I don't want us to right. have that limitation being an all female group and missing that whole layer of sound. Um, right. So I make sure that we emphasize <laughs> that. And Judy um, from the day one was like, I want your sound and we're gonna call it, you know, we stiletize things. So she'll, you know, make a, a, a cover of a song and, and, and she is brilliant with making sure she changes to a genre, but she was like, Megan, stiletize it, put all your sounds in there, you know? And so mm -hmm. she's been wonderful and not holding me back. I know some acapella groups kind of wanna, you know, hush the, the vocal percussionist or have them sound as particular way, but she wants it to sound like my style. Um, right. So she's been amazing in this whole process. Yeah, you have to play to your strengths because that's what's going to make you sound the greatest. Thank you. Um, did you, I, I have to ask only because I used to use one. Have you ever used like a throat microphone at all? <laughs> or is everything just really just, it just comes straight from? I, just, yeah. just these... I use it at one sing strong. I use the throat mic, uh, the thumper. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mars, she glammed it out. It was all like <laughs> jewels. Um, I'm not against it. Um, for people who want to use it, it does add, it does emphasize the thumper does anyway, it makes the bass mm -hmm. more pronounced. Um, but for me, I like the ability to go <clears throat> in the middle of a performance by moving my microphone and not have to worry about clicking this thing on the side of my, you know, and worrying yep. about that. Um, and for me, the other thing is too, I don't, 
it's not cheating. It isn't cheating. You know, adding right. effects isn't cheating, but I want it to be as raw to me as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just my own thought processes. I just like it to be more natural. So the more effects you put on me, the more microphones you're putting around me, it feels less me to me when I'm mm-hmm. giving it to the audience. And so right. I, it's a good tool. Um, but for me, I just haven't, I didn't stick with it. I used it once and I was like, all right, you know, it's too much for me to think about. I have to move my arms. Now I got to, you know, click over here to turn it off when I want to clear my throat type of thing. But some people, yeah, no, like, I remember. I remember, I mean, I remember using it because the group I was in, we tried to be like a, a rock band, you know, so uh, they wanted everything heavy thump. So we added the thumper to get that heavy uh, bass sound. I mean, our, our bass singer, while he could sing low, we threw an octave pedal on him to drop it even more Threw guitar pedals on him to make him sound even, you know, bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that, uh, you know, even someone like Jeff Thatcher, he uses like the sound spots, um, you know, the guitar sound spots that are, have been like specially designed for him. Um, but yeah, it not necessarily cheating if you're providing amplification, but I agree, it doesn't become you anymore in a sense. So it changes um, the sound a little bit. So it does. It does. That's kind of why I've like stayed away from that and only have just resorted to using like handheld mics whenever I'm doing anything, or if I have to do something where it's like recording something in logic I just use like a mic that's like a USB one that's only one mic I've just stayed away from all other types that just increase my bass because I want to make sure my bass sound as low as possible especially since I'm a 13 year old female in a 98.5 percent male dominated where it's late teens early 20s and they don't expect a 13 year old female to go I'm losing my nose and I'm losing my mind. They don't expect that. So I wanted to make sure it's as real and as low to make sure I can prove my point. Like, yeah, I'm a 13 year old female. So I'm a beatbox. I love, I, I love her. I love this kid. I cannot love Hulchasonic. Me too. Man, I wish I wish you were one of my students. I wish you would come to my school and just and mm. give that give that energy to you know the students that I have too because it's it's infectious. I love the energy that you bring, and it actually brings me to some of the questions I wanted to ask you. So you you know you know being only thirteen, you you have beatboxing championships under your belt. You have Akapop kids, you have, you know, you're talking about using logic, you're already using, you know, programs and things that, you know, kids your age don't even know, like what they are, you know, you've been taught very well, you come from a musical background, you know, mom is a great music teacher. Um, What, you know, what do you attribute to your success? You know, what is what is your most memorable thing that uh, you have done? And in this, you know, very short time that you've been around? There's like, Two in two main events that just like stick out of my mind. The first event I've ever went to, American Beatbox Championships, 2017. First event made my debut, and I'm just like, I'm really happy. But every time I look back at the videos, I'm like, oh my god, I could have increased that. I could have done that. I'm like, wait a minute, I have to remember. This was back when I was 10. I didn't have my spit snare. I didn't have my. I can't even remember the name of that. Uh. I blank on so many names. I didn't have, I didn't have like a bunch of my sounds, but I still was, I was mm-hmm. decent. But then 2018 rolled around, 11 year old was like, 
oh my god, I'm going to the World Beatbox Championships and being pulled up the stage. It's like, whoa. And that's when I really learned to expect the unexpected. Which actually, very useful in school. It's like, I need to write a seed moment. Okay. Oh, cool. I have a beatbox experience. Oh, cool. I can use that. So thank you, beatboxing, to help me with my writing. Thank you. It's it, like you have so many different like experiences that, again, not a lot of students your age would have. And I just, I find it great that, you know, you're saying, oh, yeah, you know, I was 10. I didn't have all my sounds. And I'm just like, I don't even have those sounds and I'm in my mid thirties, you know? And then, you know, Tell <laughs> you know me about and, then it. Next, and then the next year you're like, you're at the worlds and you're like, I get pulled up on stage. Yeah, no, no big deal. Like this is, these are amazing experiences that I would have loved to have had in, in my early teens, you know? And I think that what you do is just phenomenal. So I have to, I wanted to ask um, each of you, I know Mel, you do a lot of on the recording side. Um, uh, Lizzie's talked about using, um, you know, Logic and other programs. Uh, Megan, you've done uh, recording with Stiletta. Uh, do you have your own personal projects that you're currently working on? Um, you know, whether beatboxing or not. Uh, Lizzie, we'll start with you. Um, I'm currently just trying to explore the different routes as I just started around a few months ago with Logic. I'm like, because I was really starting to get into it with my loop station. I'm like, okay. I know how to mix all of that, but I'm really not that good. So maybe I can try something different while watching a bunch of live streams. Uh, Arrangement and Chill from Ben Bram and Shams Ahmed that I've watched mm -hmm. several times. Also, mm -hmm. thank, you, thank you guys for creating such amazing arrangement for both Pentatonix, Citizen Queen, and Akapop Kids. Thank you guys. They're too good. They're too good. I love I, them. I know. I love them I, I'm just like, <laughs> ha! Um, but also with the logic it's allowed me to expand my thinking it's also teaching me a lot about music theory which is something i greatly need especially since i'm trying to learn how to pitch a lot of my sounds that i thought i could never pitch before so it's like increasing that it's also increasing um the way i perceive music and the way i'm able to change my thinking depending on the type of arrangement i'm doing if i'm doing acapella i'm like okay i have to keep in mind the voices, I have to keep in mind of that. If I'm doing more electronic based stuff, okay, I need to pay more attention to the beat, to the genre, to the backings, and also to the key. Trying to create, but also trying to make sure I keep both of them separate and yet combined at the same time so I can have the two different thinking, but also create the, also make it sound unique, but also authentic, which is very frustrating. Oh right. yeah, that's basically how I roll most it of the is. time. Considering my brain so is doing like everything okay, all that, the time. That, 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 that. Oh wait, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. That's my brain too. That's that's every day of, of teaching for me. It's like I could do that. Wait, no, I gotta do the oh, butterfly. Yes. You know, so it's yeah, it's my brain just goes everywhere. Mel, how about you? Um, any projects uh, outside of you know the groups that you're doing? Huh? Um, I mean, they, the, mm, the groups really consume a lot of my like creativeness and time, but I'm slowly working on my own music. Um, some of which has a little bit of, you know, beatboxing in it, um, here and there, like kind of like some soft stuff. Um, and, but mostly it's like pop electronic 
kind of like if you've ever heard of Grimes, like that's kind of where I'm going mm-hmm. with my own personal stuff. Um, but otherwise, I'm working on a lot of acapella all the time, 24-7. Nice. Uh, Megan, how about you? Uh, Stiletta just uh, finished. One of our songs is mixed and mastered, so it'll be out soon. Um, and we have two others that we've recorded and is in the works. And uh, we're actually making a music video for one of them. So we're working nice. on some stuff. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I, I, I found that, um, especially during this, this time of the pandemic, I find myself trying to be more creative. Do you, do you kind of feel the same thing? Like you, you find yourself trying to attempt more things, do more things, uh, on the creative side, each of you. Definitely. I need something, especially during the summer or back when I was doing asynchronous work for the last trimester of last school year of like, I need to find something. So I'm just like, okay, while also doing my own like beatboxing and trying to expand my creativeness with songwriting um, and storytelling, um, but also gravitating towards the arranging so I can actually merge the two together, which I'm hoping one day as I get more experience and to understand exactly how everything works, I can eventually produce my own Mm -hmm. stuff. So I'm like, hey, let me just try a few things of some like arrangements. And then from there I can start doing my own stuff. Nice. So I have one last question for all of you and you, it's okay if you say no. Um, I was wondering if maybe each of you could just give a little sample of, of some of the amazingness that you, you do. Um, I'll go first since I know that the other two are going to be really, really good. And I'm, I will do something really short. Okay. Alrighty. Nice. Thank you. That was good stuff. Thanks. Who would like to go next? This isn't this isn't a battle, by the way. This I just is a I just battle. want I just, <laughs> I just I want to hear what third place. Trust me. Break it no, down, I, I... ladies. Let's hear it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, I'll guess I'll go next. <laughs> you should see me in their friends. I'm gonna try to take my that's something that I 
did i'm like i want to nice. create a remix of my three favorite billy songs cool, so cool. i'll do that <laughs> i i am like blown away the future is bright i like i love i love this i love her uh mc beats sure <laughs> just wow i uh like, just mind-blowing stuff you know and i can't thank the three of you enough for being a part of the podcast this week so uh mc beats ultrasonic mel it has been a pleasure thank you so much for joining us this week on the aka education podcast thank you for having us. us all right folks we'll be right back after that amazingness that does it for episode 16 that was so much fun i'd like to thank ultrasonic mc beats and mel Danicky for joining us this week check us out on youtube now from our new weekly video series called quick beats you can subscribe to aka ed podcast on youtube be sure to check out the links in our episode description for resources that we discussed in today's podcast Check us out on social media, Aka Ed Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Be sure, if you haven't done so already, to subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when a new episode is posted every week. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music Podcasts, and we're also on Anchor. You can also now check us out on Akaville Radio, akaville.org. And last, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the podcast, be sure to email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Justin Glodish. I'll see you next week.